Events of the past 12 months have once again highlighted that Australia still has a long way to go when it comes to our relationship with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. 20 years on from the Reconciliation March of 2000, the path to reconciliation is still one that as a nation, we have a long way to travel. In that spirit of reconciliation, I would like to offer my respects to the traditional owners of the land on which we meet, both past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. So hello everyone and welcome. Thank you for joining me on this session of the UX Australia podcast. I'm very happy to be joined today by Martin Tomich from the University of Sydney. Martin, welcome. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Steve. How are you? I'm very well. Um, by way of background, maybe you could tell us a, a little bit about uh, your role and what you're up to currently at the University of Sydney. Yeah, sure. Um, so I work at the University of Sydney in the design lab as a professor of interaction design. So I teach uh, interaction design, interface design, user experience design, uh, also design thinking. And we have programs um, across undergraduate and postgraduate. So we have a major, we offer majoring design uh, that makes design available to students across the university. So even students studying other degrees can, can do second major in design. Uh, we have a bachelor in design computing, which essentially prepares our students for career and user experience design. And we also have a master of interaction design in electronic arts. And uh, very exciting, recently we launched also a master of design that focuses on design innovation and strategic design. Uh, I actually have two jobs at the moment at the University of Sydney. So half my half my job is being a, a traditional academic. So I do a bit of teaching, a bit of research. Uh, the other half I spent with the uh, education portfolio at the university, which is uh, located in the center of the university. So it's a central department and it works across the university. And in that role, I work as director of innovation for the University of Sydney. And so I'm looking at uh, developing new innovation programs for, for students, and that can be both curricular and co-curricular. Yeah, wow. That's a lot on your plate, Martin. Uh, it keeps me busy, but I really enjoy <laughs> the diversity of the different roles. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I still really like going deep in terms of user experience and interaction design yeah. and doing my research in that area and, and publishing work in that area but also really enjoy uh, working across the university and engaging with interdisciplinary topics. I, mm. I find it both challenging and rewarding and also seeing how students who are not design students or not from a design background, how they're picking up design thinking and design tools and, and using that in their own fields. So the Master of uh, Design Innovation, Strategic Design, what sort of, like, what are you preparing those students to go out and do? What sort of projects do you have in mind for them? Yeah, so they have to share the first semester. So they, there's a common foundation in the two streams. Uh, essentially, students can choose which stream to focus on or they can combine both the streams. 
Uh, in the design innovation stream, we're looking more at sort of customer-centered innovation. So okay. students learn how to use design methods and design thinking is one, one methodology we teach uh, and how to learn how to use those methods to uh, develop a customer insights and to inform new business development. Um, it's different to our massive interaction design in that A, students don't learn coding because they're not designing user experiences or user interfaces that are built on computing technologies alone. And B, they're also looking at designing business models. So they're looking at the business side of design as well. Okay. Uh, so that's quite an external focused role, design innovation, sort of as in yeah. looking at the products that a company offers or an organization offers, uh, yep. can expand, of course, the services, although it's not a service design degree. No. Um, and in strategic design, in the stream of strategic design, students look more at internally orientated activities and how right. to use design to help an organization to operate better essentially how they can how they can achieve their strategic goals and and using design to help them navigate those goals and come up with strategies for achieving those goals so that's that's very broad i mean that um you know, uh, taking a designly approach to delivering on strategic goals is something that any organisation could benefit from. Um, we've seen it in Australia for the last sort of decade without, I think, really having the programs um, putting students out into the Australian market who understand how that works. We've seen short courses, um, and those short courses have tended towards the uh, design thinking side of things rather than that strategic design sort of thing uh, side of things. So that's that's a really good development. I'm really happy about that. Yeah, I know we're very excited about the program too. Uh, we just graduated the first cohort, um, and it's been really great to see them finding roles in the industry and also the response from the industry. Um, and I should. They where did they come from, Martin? Where did like, they come from? Students yeah, come what from. Were, yeah, what were their backgrounds? Yeah, so it's it's like with our master of interaction design, it's a bit diverse. Uh, so they may have done a design cognate degree, like uh, visual communication design or industrial design or architecture, yeah. and yeah. then decide they want to move more into either the innovation or, or strategic area. It's good. Um, some of them have worked in the industry before. Um, I think we even had some people who worked as UX designers and then were like, yeah. actually, I want to go more into innovation and strategic design. Mm -hmm. um, we see it um, to be a little bit like the MBA of design in that prepares you also better for a management role. Um, yeah, or okay. to learn how to be a leader in an organization and how to lead through design. We actually have a whole mm -hmm. unit, semester-long unit of study dedicated to design leadership through strategic design. Interesting. Do you find, like, are you getting students from the commerce program or the, the business programs coming across yet? No, not yet. I imagine yet. the more logical way for them is possibly doing an MBA. Um, sure. I have, though, in my role as Director of Innovation, I've worked with the business school over the past two years on developing a new undergraduate major in okay. innovation and entrepreneurship. Um, and it's also a really exciting program because it draws on, it brings together units from across the university. Um, I think we involve six of the university faculties and schools 
So it's all the way from the conservatorium of music to uh, engineering, arts and social sciences, and of course, also design, providing units um, that then students taking that major can enroll in and study. And so that's also a really exciting program. And that's maybe a little bit closer to the business side. Yeah, that's good. And it's a, it's a good development. As I say, I, I think Australia has struggled to produce its own students um, over you know, the last decade in particular, um, where we, we haven't seen that development of, of local talent. So that's, that's a good one. I look forward to um, meeting some of the students in the very near future at, at MELD and, and at the conference. Yeah, no, we, again, we're really excited about these new developments ourselves. And I, I should also say and acknowledge that, of course, um, a lot of that uh, would not be possible without working together with the local industry. Uh, yeah. So the, the way we've designed these programs is directly informed by uh, what we hear from the industry and, and we hear similar stories that mm. there's enough talent coming through the Australian program and education system, um, but also we bring industry into the units of study and into the programs as clients or for guest lectures and, and it really adds a lot of value and gives the students more of a practical perspective in addition to learning about the theory. Yeah, that's good. Look, um, let's sort of uh, change tack slightly for, for a moment. Where, okay, as you go through this exercise of looking at um, where innovation can take us, where design can take us, what are some of the key challenges you see for design um, as a practice, but also the key challenges that design might help us work on i won't say solve because we almost never actually solve them but Im improve areas of real sort of potential for design to get involved in yeah i agree about the solving part it's really often more about how can we address uh problems i mean that, that's mm -hmm. also what's uh what's said to be a, a, a distinguishing factor between uh between um uh, non-complex and bigger problems mm -hmm. uh, so linear problems and complex problems or bigger problems where you, you can't really solve a bigot or complex problem and you can only just address it and, and a lot mm -hmm. of the problems we're working on or we have to we have to work on the die are complex or bigger problems yeah. and and so i mean that in itself is a challenge still that we possibly don't know yet how to deal with those challenges and what the best tools are um, and so obviously we can draw on to some extent on research in the way we teach mm -hmm. our students but we there's still i think it's still it's still a maturity problem that yeah. um it's still an, a very this part of this 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 discipline uh this disciplinary area of design is still in its very early days so there isn't much evidence in terms of what works and yeah. and how we can how we can also teach the next generation to to have those skills so sort of we're learning we're learning as we're doing things in a way and i think that's yes. true for both us in the university um and and for for organizations um in practice yeah i mean there's certainly a, an element of um sort of uh pathfinding that's still going on in the design industry um i, I, I was going to use the word trailblazing but i i I don't like the connotations there, but there's just this notion of um, sort of navigating unknown terrain, let's put it in those terms, um, and design is finding itself being involved in solving problems that it, it 
just wouldn't have thought about 20 years ago. Um, in some cases, wouldn't have considered even 10 years ago. Um, and we continue to push into new domains um, and then run headlong into some interesting challenges as we as we run into them. Yeah, I think we, we have, I mean, possibly we are at a stage where you use experience design was at like 15 or 20 years ago. Uh, was also like it was also very early days and we were like working out the methods and and the, the, there were not many programs in universities that prepared yeah. graduates specifically for the field so I, yeah. I see this new area of strategic design in particular being a bit similar in that way and and um, it's sort of it's interesting also if you look at the history of design as a discipline uh, it's we can it's a little bit over 100 years uh, in terms of if you can go architecture is a completely yep. field. Sure, sure, sure. Yes, yeah. it's sort of grown out of art and craftsmanship and has become a discipline in its own right that is sought after in industry and yeah, yeah. where organizations are turning to design as a discipline to achieve a competitive advantage in a market and to develop products that are meaningful and have an impact on people's lives and 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 we can sort of see over the last hundred years how it has changed from really focusing on on the mechanical construction and achieving better yes. construction to through to using graphic design to have better appearances and of course the impact on advertising and marketing again for organizations to have and achieve, to achieve an, a strategic advantage in the market yeah. um, and then sort of around the turn of the century that was the growth of ux uh, yep. where we suddenly had to start looking at, or companies had to start looking at how to design digital technologies mm. and, and using designers to, uh, I think Apple is a great example there, where they weren't, so they weren't necessarily competing with others in the market in terms of creating products that had better performance, but they were looking at better, what is what's called concept design. So yes. how they can create something that is uh, offering a better experience. Yes, and I think, like, um, the original iMac for me is a great example of that, where Apple consolidated three different models. Um, it had like it, it had an integrated computer, you know, an all-in-one screen processor um, uh, offering out in the market, which would have been what 95, 96. Um, they had three different models, um, you know, at different performance levels. And they chose the weakest of those, um, you know, the, the slowest of those and took those components, that graphics card, that monitor, put it into the form factor of the iMac that clamps uh, the, you know, Bondi Blue, all-in-one, translucent casing, um, and it sold an order of magnitude or more better than the combined sales of the previous ones in a market that was all about um, CPU speed, all about memory, all about graphics performance, and simply one-upping those each year. They iterated the concept. They worked on the concept of this integrated computer instead rather than the performance of it. Um, and I, I think completely set the computing industry off on a whole new trajectory as a result. Yeah, I think another great example uh, also from Apple's product portfolio is the um, iPod, of course, where mm. they released the iPod um, into a very flooded market. Indeed. Uh, I'm sure you remember yes. where we had all the these Zoom. iPods, different, yes. uh, the Zoom, of course, but but like there were so many different uh, yeah, MP3 yeah. players 
yes. had uh, sort of like came with like a USB connection and you had to manually organize and sort all of your songs and put them onto the player. Yeah. And they came into the market where that was very flooded um, with uh, a device that was uh, beautiful, but comparatively quite expensive. And they didn't try to compete in terms of features, which is yes. I think, what the soon and others did. But yes. the slogan, I think, was 1,000 songs in your pocket. Yes. And that was all that they needed to say. That's, it. Yes. <laughs> That's what it's about, right? That's all we want. We just wanted okay. to know how many songs we have in our pocket and yes. not wanting to deal with having to manage them ourselves and sort them to folders. And, and of course, they also innovated that whole beautiful service pipeline with the sure. iTunes music store and the syncing between yes. the, your computer and the iPod. And I mean, those those are the components in that system or in that ecosystem took maybe two or three years to pull together. From the time the actual um, MP3 player itself was released to when the iTunes ecosystem was up and running and, and most importantly was available on Windows PCs, mm. I think was about three years. And you can see the sales sort of tick along, tick along, tick along, and then the system is now in place, that integrated service is now in place with the product as a part of it. But iTunes, arguably, as the centre of it um, and the ability to manage your library and the ability to manage what goes on to the, um, the iPod, really sort of setting it off on um, like astronomical sales over the next subsequent 10 years, 15 years since. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think what we're seeing now, and a lot of things we're seeing now, is that um, because of our because of economic and technological shifts, uh, mm -hmm. is that design starts playing a different role again. So yes. while uh, it's also it's also about other organizations catching up. So the Apple yeah. is, for example, Apple and other companies are leading by great example mm -hmm. for how to do this integration really well and how to deliver really great experiences. And then in particular, customers and consumers are starting to expect this as a certain minimum level of standard. Yeah. And other organizations yeah. have to catch up to remain in the market. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I think was happening again and what's happened in the past 100 years is that organizations, again, are turning to design to find a competitive advantage in the market. And yeah. so that that is this yeah. idea of using design as a way of problem solving and yep. as a way of innovating that is that is different to what's out there in the market. Yeah. I can see over the next, you know, five or ten years, that kind of um, that focus of design and innovation shifting towards areas like uh, material waste, sustainability, um, carbon em emissions, um, you know, releasing products that are net zero or even net negative emissions, um, the way in which that gets integrated into not just a product but a service ecosystem um, is going to be, I mean, A, on the one hand, we need to do it. It, it has to happen uh, at a societal level um, and at, at a, a global societal level, but also I think individual organisations if they want to survive, if they want to continue to attract customers, if people want to continue using their products, they're going to have to. We're going to have yeah. to take those steps. I, I couldn't agree more. And mm -hmm. I uh, believe that all of that falls under that umbrella of strategic design. Yeah. And um, again, that's why I was saying it's more internal facing in a way because it's yeah. not so much about are we able to give the provide the customer with a better experience or a faster way mm. of doing things? 
It's mm -hmm. more about looking, reflecting internally at our practices and yeah. how we do things. And that to me is strategic design. And, so, and it's about, like I said, it's about sustainability. It's about uh, planetary health. It's also it's also about dealing with um, with uh, disasters, both uh, natural yes. and, and human conflicts. Yes. Um, and um, again, design, I believe, plays a really important role there in in helping us to understand how we can how we can better achieve that. Um, yes. Using again Apple as an example, um, they actually quite they've actually already started moving in that direction. I don't know if you heard they a few years ago they uh, they created a robot called Daisy, and and usually robots manufacturing are building things, right? Yeah. But yeah. Daisy was built to dissemble uh, phones, old iPhones. Yeah, uh, good. I can't remember how many models exactly it's able to dissemble. Mm -hmm. I bet it was six or seven of the iPhone models. But essentially, okay. it's built to disassemble uh, those iPhones and then uh, take it into parts that can be reused uh, in, in other products. Interesting. That's good. We need to see more of it. Um, and, you know, the sooner the better, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, my talk that I'm giving this year, the US yes. Australia Conference, actually dealing with some of those topics so good um i'm i'm going to look at i'm going to talk about how we can do these some of these things as ux designers already mm. so how we yeah. can consider uh other how we can consider for example nature as a stakeholder in our design process mm. because there is um there's an i mean there's an increasing awareness i'm sure you've, you're aware of and people listening to this podcast are aware of there's an increasing uh, increasing discourse uh, about the, the 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 negative side of user human centered design and yes. that maybe designing everything around humans at the center is not necessarily good for the long term health of our planet yes. and survival of our species. Yes. So it's it's a shift that we started working on at the University of Sydney as well through our research. Yeah. Um, whether we call it more than human centered participation or life centered mm -hmm. design. But it's a deer that we are decentering the human and, yeah. and looking at other kinds of stakeholders and not so not just considering the users uh, and other humans as stakeholders, but looking at uh, at, at nature and, and ecosystems and how they're impacted by yeah. the decisions we make as UX designers, mm -hmm. uh, which is which is a bit of a stretch because when you're doing industrial design, there's of course a much more obvious sure. link between the products you design sure. and environment, yeah. but it's a bit more of a stretch for us to. To think about how the digital applications and experiences to be designed also have an impact on the environment. Yeah. And yet, saying that, uh, currently, I think the um, cryptocurrency mining industry generates or uses more um, energy and uh, puts out more carbon emissions than the country of Ethiopia does. And it keeps working its way higher up the list. So, you know, like there are very very real world implications um and we say that only like recording this a few days after the arctic circle recorded its first ever temperatures over 30 degrees celsius and um death valley hit 55 degrees celsius yesterday or 130 degrees fahrenheit for the first time ever um breaking last year's record so you know like these are things that we we, we don't have time to uh, sit and think about. We need to be acting on, um, and I'm I'm happy to hear that. You know, those are the sorts of things that the students at Sydney University are going to be learning over the coming years. It's good. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And and again, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And, and those are some very good examples. Uh, streaming is another example. Yes. Uh, and the difference it would make, for example, whether, whether it's streaming SD or HD. And <laughs> in terms of energy consumption, uh, yes. whether whether it makes a difference in terms of your perception, I'm not, I'm not so sure if that would necessarily on my TV and if necessarily yeah. would notice that difference. Um, but also, also maybe in other ways, trying to reveal, thinking about how UX design can reveal some of the the hidden uh, consequences of design decisions, or empower, or even empower yeah. users and consumers to make the right decisions by, for mm -hmm. example, showing the uh, underlying ethical practices. For example, when it comes to shopping sites, right? Sure. I think yeah. it's also about UX designers and interaction designers and and other designers stepping maybe stepping up and taking on more responsibility than just focusing on the UX or the UI yeah, and, and seeing themselves as being what we, what we find through our research and what we, what the argument we make is that actually UX designers and interaction designers are ideally placed to become advocates for natural systems, because that's what we have already been doing for the past 20 years. We've been advocating yeah. for users and other people that are affected by the science but don't have a voice necessarily in the design process. Yes. And so in a similar way, we can we can use methods uh, like mm -hmm. non-human personas to start yeah. advocating for these uh, natural and, and ecological systems. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's important, of course, to 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 keep, to keep in mind that we don't know everything as designers. Sure. So, but it's the same, we don't know everything about our, the users, the people we're designing for us. We go out and do research, we talk to experts and we can do exactly the same for ecological systems. So that's some of the thinking behind uh, behind that research that we're doing. I love it. Martin, thank you very much for talking with us today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, likewise. It's been really great to uh, be talking to you about all these topics. I'm very excited uh, uh, about um, this shift that we can see in industry. So yes. thank you very much for having us. A pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you at UX Australia this year. Thanks very much. Mm -hmm.